Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. And a lot of times, if you are a I want to do it myself type of person, you're going to fail harder than if you look around and you go, hey, what would you do in this scenario? Or, hey, I did this. Can you give me a little feedback? Hey, Rudder Nation. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living in the areas of your faith, family, and career. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in this episode, I'm going to be joined by Air National Guard pilot Dom Slice Tyke. That's right. His call sign is Slice. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Now, Dom is an author as well as a coach. He's the author of a volume called Single Seat Wisdom, and he shares stories from other pilots about the things they've learned while flying in the cockpit of fighter jets and other aircraft. In this episode, we're going to talk about the importance of having significance tied to our success, the, the military method of planning, executing, and debriefing to have a successful mission, and the purpose of the after-action review to learn from our past performances, whether or not our mission failed or succeeded. So grab a notebook, grab a pen, sit back, and relax as I have this conversation with Slice. Here we go. All right. Hey, Dom, how are things over there in the state of Arizona? They are amazing. We just got into the best time of year where it starts to cool off and it's yes. not uh, 12 teen billion degrees. Nice. Now, folks, when they're listening to this, it'll be warming up, getting closer to spring. But yeah, that's all that matters is we're alive. <laughs> I don't know. Where that... <laughs> that was a weird connecting of the dots there, Jerry. Uh, now, we connected on something called Podmatch, which is, uh, you know, quick shout out to Alex Sanfilippo and his team. You know, it's like if Podchaser, which is a directory of podcasts and just name any dating app, got together and had a baby, that's Podmatch. And, uh, but we also connected <laughs> online through social media. It was kind of, kind of neat. Yeah. It was like, wait, I got hit by Dom, like from three or four different angles. What started it all? So, uh, I'm really glad we connected. Uh, because you got a really new, neat, uh, you know, philosophy on how to approach crisis and just, um, adjusting fire in a sense, it, to, to use an army term, an army artillery term. Um, so one neat thing though about your background, I just want to bring up for everybody. Cause I mean, there's always a human side to all of us, right? Um, I've never had anybody on this show who claimed to be part of a traveling family band. And so I'm curious, what was that like? Did you wear bell bottoms like the Partridge family? Tell us about. The traveling family band. I gotta know. Yeah. So it was, um, actually, I don't know if I've even talked about this on a, on a podcast before. You so, have now. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, it was, it was incredibly terrifying as a kid, um, initially, right? Because I was, um, you know, I've talked about this before where people are, are, introverted or they at least think they're introverted but i think that's a contextual thing right that's something that is is learned about your personality so in certain situations i may be an introverted person um, if you put me in front of a class of students as a fighter pilot though i'm right in my element if you you know if you put me on stage now um in our traveling family band um that edge has been taken off because um, people don't know that you're introverted um, when you when you start playing. So we we had um, our band name was called the Mini Manny Tykes. 
like little tykes so t-y-k-e-s and we were we were young i mean i started playing bluegrass violin at i think four and you know by the time i was 10 or 12 i had placed um i think seventh nationally in some of the um you know the old time fiddle competitions um you know i was practicing probably four hours a day it was a very serious business um we dad was a a C-suite exec. So we did um, a decent amount of traveling and networking with his colleagues and connections. And we would go stay in Canada at a resort and we would just play once a day. And then we'd go travel and, and drive around the country. And And um, it was, it was a, um, a decent amount of work, but there was a lot of fun. And at the time as a kid, you don't know any different, right? Like a chicken doesn't know that there is a bigger life outside of a um, a wire cage until you let them out. And you just don't know. So for us, that was just what we did. And it was, it was, yeah, we're just going on another trip and we're going to travel and, and, you know, play music for people. And, you know, for the first probably year or two, it was incredibly terrifying because I was the lead. I was, you know, my brother was on keyboard. Um, and then, you know, some of my other siblings played um, instruments as well, but I was the second oldest. I was more introverted. My brother was the extrovert and they put me on the mic out in front of everybody. So, I mean, we played songs like Great Balls of Fire, um, you know, for, um, just just a whole smattering of different songs from, you know, uh, Charlie Daniels band, um, the Orange Blossom special to um, all of those songs. And it's 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 making me smile because um, I've recently gotten back into playing violin, picked it up again, and it's, it's coming back pretty good. So nice. I actually uh, played the other night at one of my friend's house and he's Ukrainian and his family and his kids are playing and, and my daughter's learning how to play violin and he looks at me and he's like, Dom, you play the violin all these years and you've never brought it out for us. And he like, I can't even do his <laughs> accent, but he was not pleased that I've known him for this long and, and never brought the violin out to, to jam. So it was, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Man, you know, it's cool you got friends like that because, I mean, I played tuba from middle school through college. Nobody has ever asked me to pull that horn out and play for them. <laughs> Nobody. And I, I wound up selling it and uh, yeah. couldn't get any of my kids to play. Uh, it's yeah. not the kind of thing that you can serenade your wife on. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only picked it because it was bigger than me at the time. I was like four yeah. foot 10 in seventh grade. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's really cool though. Like, so no bell bottoms, no partridge family type of show. No, but, it was more, it was more jeans and cowboy boots and cowboy hats and kind of the, yeah, the the old time fiddling bluegrass, you know, uh, country vibe to it. Not the twangy country vibe, but the the more fun, upbeat, maybe twinging on a little bit of the the more popular stuff at the time. Nice. <laughs> now, hopefully, that doesn't get you uh, razzed by all your your flying buddies. But <laughs> nah, I don't care either way. <laughs> You're like they're not getting this link. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so you you uh, served in the U.S. military as a fighter pilot. Uh, what branch was this again? Was it Air Force? Yep. So I'm still serving in the Air Force. I'm a full time reservist. So okay. I'm finishing that. The gloriousness behind that is I don't have to move, um, which has allowed me to start businesses and um, kind of move into a different phase of life while teaching at the F-16 um, schoolhouse here in Phoenix. So I still get to uh, partake in, in one of my uh, long loves of my life, which is flying airplanes um, while doing the other stuff too, which yeah. is fun. 
I, I love that. It's uh, I mean, the coveted active duty reserve kind of assignment, right? Yeah. That's yeah. now for those of us who are in the military, you're like, how do you get that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> I can never land one, but I mean, I didn't try it. If if I'm being honest, uh, yeah. Now you learned a lot of lessons about kind of staying out of a rut through sure. your discipline and your training as a fighter pilot. Um, what are some of those lessons that you would say keep you out of your rut or help you recognize when you're getting into one? Yeah. So I think that um, one of the first ones that comes to mind is um, something that, you know, I was doing a little background research on on Jerry and um, I call it the achievement hamster wheel. So um, I've found that if you want to get somewhere in life, if you're an action taker, peak performer, what have you, if you've got the mindset, you know, all of these are these key words that people use nowadays. If you're one of those people and you want to get somewhere in life, you're going to start taking actions and there are going to be times where you feel like you've jumped on a hamster wheel and um, you're not controlling the speed. So somebody's turning that hamster wheel for you and you're just, you're sprinting and every day you're just sprinting and you're burned out. Um, or, you know, as a fighter pilot, you run out of gas, uh, JP eight jet fuel, and you flame out. Um, that's all part of the learning process. That's fine. Um, but if you do feel like you're on, you're on this achievement hamster wheel wh- where you are, you're taking massive action, you're getting a lot of things done. Um, there may be some other tweaks to your game plan, um, that you haven't defined. So one, you have to commit yourself to getting off of the hamster wheel at some point. So give yourself a date or give yourself some goals to make that happen. Um, uh, for me, defining success was a big one. Um, so what does that look like to you? And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have this clear vision of what that success is because then you end up resulting, um, which is, uh, if you don't see the exact results you're looking for, then you think that you're a failure. So, you know, define a a clear enough vision, realize that your path might change along the way. And then because success sometimes is inward um, focusing, right? It's success for me. Like I was successful. Um, I found that the, the next level up from that is give it some significance, right? So what significance does that success look like? So it kind of goes from, Hey, I've achieved these things. I've defined my success, but then ask yourself, what significance does that look like? Because that will, that will prevent you from falling into that rut. Like you, like, you know, you, you have here on your show. Um, because if you build a business and you make $20 million and then you're successful, quote unquote successful, and that was you oriented, you might be, find yourself, you know, face down in a ditch in Vegas after blowing 15 million of it. But if you have a story that has significance that continues past that success point, there's significance behind that. So whether that's, um, contributing to a charity, whether that, Hey, once I hit the success point, I'm going to take three months off, recharge, focus on these things, maybe take some trips, do whatever you need to do, right? Maybe take a retreat. And then that success, I'm going to roll into the next thing, which is more timeless, right? Um, whether that's, you know, writing books or, or public speaking or starting a new business or giving to a charity or what have you, um, that significance piece, I think is, um, the important thing to avoid those, you know, the ruts, which is a midlife crisis. Yeah. I often, I I guess I'm surprised when, you know, I'm thinking about significance and, you know, a lot of us tend to think about, you know, the impact we can see and measure, you know, you know, did I impact the lives of 50 kids at a youth center? Did I, uh, impact the lives of 10 
business professionals. Uh, but a lot of the impact and significance that we create, we probably will never get to see on this side of life. You know, it's, uh, you just don't know who you're going to impact and, you know, making that decision to live in a way that, uh, can be seen by those you'll never know and get feedback from is, is also a big thing uh, that that drives me anyway. It's like I think I learned early on in the army that even when I think nobody's watching, somebody somehow is watching me. And uh, like, <laughs> and, and that person was always called sergeant. You know, it's like how did you know I went a mile that way to go to the shopping yeah. you know, place and and buy some snacks and like you just knew when I came back I ate a package of donuts and a soda and I'm doing push-ups now like how did you know like specifically what I bought and they're like <laughs> even when you think I'm not watching I can see what you're doing you know I'm like somebody somewhere is always seeing what you're doing and saying something about it and in the world of social media it's even more so now it's like we can kind of tell on ourselves and people remind you um now one of the things that in the army, we do like when we're on patrol and we think we've gotten a little bit too far ahead of ourselves or we're not aware of all of our surroundings, we'll do something called SILS, S-L-L-S, stop, look, listen, smell. And it's just a moment to pause and take inventory of everything that's around us and then take that new information in, see if we need to make any adjustments to the patrol and then move forward from there. Uh, now, does the Air Force teach anything like that when it comes to, you know, moving forward on a project or a mission or anything like that where you just kind of regroup and then move forward with that new information? Yeah. So I think from um, a fighter pilot standpoint, um, we talk a lot about plan, execute, debrief. Um, a, a, just a, sh a short plug for our first astronaut um, because single seat mindset, our company has now grown to over 40 fighter pilots. So we now have a test pilot, an astronaut that wrote a chapter in, in a single seat wisdom volume two, and his chapter is called plan, execute debrief. And he, um, like many good fighter pilots will talk about the failure behind, um, not stop, look, listen, smell, right? Like you guys like to talk about it, but Hey, where did we fail on this mission? And usually it's in one of those three things. It was either planning, executing, or debriefing very simply. Um, I think one of the things that fighter pilots, American fighter pilots specifically are just incredibly good at is debriefing tactical combat missions. And because there's a, a framework for that and, um, you know, uh, Dirty Bird, one of one of my he was actually a student of mine. I won't take credit for all of the stuff that he's done, but he's a, um, you know, a weapons officer, which is the, the Air Force version of Top Gun school. It's a lot longer and more difficult. Um, that's my my dig at the, the Navy and Marines. But um, so he went through, you know, the Top Gun school and became a Top Gun instructor and taught instructors. Right. And he wrote a chapter called The Art of a Fighter Pilot Debrief. And so I think um, thinking about your stop, look, listen thing is throughout the day. What Dirty Bird talks about are those little mini debriefs that allow you to pause, right? And just go, okay, um, you know, and you can even be doing this while you're executing, right? So you can, you can put your plan, um, you know, I, I like to say, especially as a business owner, plan enough to get going because that's where you do your learning. I don't learn in an academic, in, in an academic type scenario. Those are good tools, but I need to start executing so that I can learn, right? Zero fighter pilots that are good now were good the first day they started a jet. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do. Nobody's good right off the bat. You're not, you're not an amazing sniper uh, the first time you shoot a gun. It takes practice, right? So plan enough to get going. As you're executing your, your plan, um, that's a good time if you, have the, if you have the brain bites to start debriefing yourself. Going, oh, you know, I just did that and maybe I can tweak this. And then you're, you're, you're constantly updating your, your plan. Um, but then 
when you're done with the mission, make sure that you debrief. And, and so for a lot of us, if you're a business owner, if you're a parent, if you're a coach, a teacher, what have you, um, a, a doctor, right? At the end of the day, take that time. Take that time to pause and listen. Um, what do you say? Look, listen, smell. So take uh, yeah, that stop, t- look, listen, smell. Yeah. So um, do that at the end of the day. Debrief yourself. It's kind of the same thing, but it, it allows you to kind of look back and go, hey, I... You know, and even there's a lot of times where your subconscious will be bugging you and you don't know what it is. But if you don't pause, you don't take that time, you won't you won't ask those questions like, why am I so freaking torqued off right now? And maybe you saw a car that looked like a nasty girlfriend that you had in high school or whatever, right? And it just it just threw you off the ledge and then you get home and you're just this ball, this tight like piano string and your family's like what the heck happened to you right you're like she left me for no I'm kidding <laughs> yeah but the debrief you know the the, yeah. the de- yeah, exactly start screaming about an ex-girlfriend or something but like no the debrief is important to just sit there and pause and go okay you know let's look at this and and dig a little bit and that's the painful piece right because people don't want to be told that they messed up or failed right but that's where a lot of our learning comes from is that is that failure the event failure, not you as a person failure, right? So that event is the thing that I need to look at and, and fix. Yeah. And, and failure is such a, an amazing teacher, especially if we leverage it in that way. I mean, uh, I remember, I mean, I still remember because I, I use it in my daily work. Uh, one of the things that the army was really big on is that you don't really win during your training exercises. Like they, they just stack the deck so that you, the trainee <laughs> going through your training exercise is going to lose no matter what. And even if you're winning, the observer controller has what we call the God gun. It's like, Oh, this machine gun is doing a little too good. <laughs> Boop. And uh, yeah. <laughs> like then your miles gear is like, you know, beeping and they're like, Medic! and it's like you get over there like, yeah. Hey, and like the the referee, in a sense, for those who aren't military, is just doling out casualty cards. Uh, you get a card. Yeah. You get a card. You're dead yeah. now. You lost a leg. And <laughs> you're like, we were winning. What the heck? Oh, no, not anymore. They did an artillery strike. Wait, information package said that they don't have any of that stuff. They did today. And so, uh, so then you start you know, adapting and going through systems and thought processes. And then when it's all said and done, you're led through this after action review and you're debriefing and like what went well, what did not go well. And, um, it's almost like it's taking your mind off the circumstances and really focusing on what did you have control of that you could do and what would you do differently based on these things that came up? Like what were the holes that were found in your process? What were the shortcuts you were taking that you got caught on? Um, all those kinds of things. And I think being in a rut kind of is like that. Like we get into this groove. Things are getting easy. We found the easy button, just like that company that sells stationery and office supplies says. <laughs> but then we get stuck in that. It's like we, we love the easy button. But if we want to move forward, if we want to get that next promotion, if we want to succeed in our marriage, be a good parent, there is a comfort zone we got to get out of and challenge ourselves. And, you know, chances are there's some things that I feel like there are some things that we just get away with getting away with. And those are the yeah. things that like debriefing and taking a pause will help us identify. Um, thanks for letting me rant. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I think, I think to, you know, you had, you had, as you were talking, it kind of made me think of, um, I was invited to write a chapter in this um, book called I love America. There's essentially, I'm one of 13 veterans that wrote a chapter on, on how to keep America strong and, 
because, you know, we live in the United States of America. So, you know, what are some short, impactful, punchy things that you can you can do as an American? Because that's how we're going to fix America is one person at a time. Right. And and mine was um, it. I won't give it all away, but essentially something that I do that has been very impactful in my life is you can choose to go to bed a little bit earlier at night. And then what that allows you to do is be a little bit more refreshed when you wake up in the morning. If you're not a morning person, you can become one. You can learn that. Most people aren't. But then spend five minutes in the morning not doing, especially if you're an action taker like you and I and you want to start doing stuff, don't do that. You have to sit there. It's painful, but train yourself to sit there and go, okay, what am I going to do today? What's the plan? So that as you move into your day, you're not that guy that walks into work um, having, and I used to be this dude, you jump out of bed. I had a seven minute routine to get through the bathroom, grab my lunch out the door. And then I was at work and I was sprinting. I started my day at a sprint. And so it was a disaster. I had no intentionality. And when I walked into work, the first person that saw me, they gave me their intentions for the day. Right. And it just, now I'm stuck in a rut. I'm stuck in somebody else's freaking rut and I'm digging myself. And then at the end of the day, I've been sprinting all day, right? Because I didn't have a plan. And at the end of the day, is I never took the time to debrief myself. And I was just burnt out. I was flaming myself out for years. Um, and it started to change when I went to bed a little bit earlier. And that kind of was one of the dominoes that toppled a bunch of the other ones. And it seems oversimplified. And it's not for everybody. But I would be willing to bet... If you have five, if you don't, if you can't have five minutes to sit down and just get your mind right, like get your mindset, get your intentionality going, what plan, what do you want to do today? And that may be relax, but have a plan for it. Yeah. I love that so much. Even just building time to relax and rest. Uh, I, you called me out. I'm horrible at that. <laughs> yeah. At the time we're recording this, I am in the middle of a three month sabbatical. And so people are expecting me to say, yeah, I went to a beach. I took a vacation with my wife. Uh, I've done one week of camping. Uh, other than that, I finished writing a book, sent it to an editor, started a business, uh, landed a couple yeah. of speaking and consulting gigs. And uh, somebody looked up and said, I thought you were taking a break for three months. I'm like, the army broke me. I don't know. This is, yes, exactly. <laughs> this is rest in my eyes. Um, but yep. yeah, my, my morning routine though, it's the, it's the hardest five minutes and I'm not always good about doing it is complete silence. Uh, but really thinking through during that silence, what am I grateful for? What are the three things mm-hmm. I'm grateful for? for today. And it's, so it's similar in the sense of visualizing what is a winning day for me, but what am I grateful for? Like the, the accomplishment that's going to happen and going out and making sure that happens is kind of a, uh, a cool thing. Um, but then, you know, the dog comes and sniffs me and I'm like, Oh, Hey, let's, <laughs> let's go outside now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, taking that time, it feels like torture for the first five minutes and you know, the whole yeah. five minutes. But uh, yeah. <laughs> after a while it becomes, it becomes normal. And it, it's such an, I, I agree with you. It's such an eye opener and it gives yeah. clarity. And it's weird how a pause or slowing down can help your mind move faster and get clarity and knock things out of the park. I love that. Um, Which makes me start thinking about, you said something earlier that we didn't even talk about at all. And that was single seat mindset. Well, I mean, you and I talked about it before we hit record, but you listening in, you haven't heard this yet other than the one time Dom threw it out there, but single seat mindset. And I'm I'm assuming the single seat is like the one seat that's in the cockpit of a jet fighter. Yep. Uh, yep. So what is the single seat mindset and how can we Yeah, start with that? What is the single seat mindset? Yep. So um... stay with us. We'll be right back. 
And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Essentially, what, what I had learned during this, so this grew from COVID, right? Yeah. So I had a pat, I own a, I'm the, I'm the active partner, but I own a passive real estate investing company where pilots can invest in apartment communities and passively make money. And then it generated another business. Cause I've noticed like you, when I, when you start one business, you want to start another one. Um, that one was all about money. I stopped that business because it wasn't fulfilling. It didn't have a bigger purpose than just money. Um, and so during COVID, um, I found that, you know, goal oriented individuals like you and I, um, rigid structures, slow processes, uh, unnecessary protocols to so think army and air force bureaucracy. Um, if those things get in your way and there's no deliverable outcome, it frustrates you, right? Um, fighter pilots, we make decisions on a daily basis at over 800 miles an hour, right? And those decision-making skills are very easy to leverage into peak performing professions. You don't have to be a fighter pilot, right? So what I did is I started single seat mindset and basically we now have the largest group of online um, fighter pilots in one place. And we're, our goal is to give back, right? It's not completely altruistic because it makes us feel good too. Um, but we also, that business, single seat mindset, we give all the money to a children's cancer nonprofit. Um, we help, we help action takers, um, you know, with their processes and strategies and all that stuff. Um, through books online in print through these types of podcast guesting stuff um, and we're giving back to people that want to live a bigger and better life because purpose is something you're seeing that with soft quitting nowadays right you're seeing all of this garbage um, that that it's, it's really garbage if you're in a rut don't bring the company that you work for down leave quit be a man and just take your chips and walk away, go do something else, start a business. But people are looking for that. They don't, it hasn't been defined. And so that is our goal is to aim, aim that definition. Where it started was we had a class of um, students, F-16 fighter pilot students, right? So these, these kids are educated. They've been through a lot of training before they even get to us. They were struggling very, very, very hard through the program. It's a, it's a very difficult program. Um, it's very fast paced. You have a couple of sorties, uh, flights where you learn how to take off and land the basics, but then you are into the tactical phase of training. Um, and it is fast paced and you're single seat. So you're by yourself figuring this stuff out, uh, or not. Right. And so they were struggling. I started, um, once a week, just giving them a two minute message via email. Right. And it was clunky when it started out. But by the fifth and then the sixth class that I'm sending this message to, I'm like, I'm sick of this. I need a process for this. So then I started a website. I automated it. It took on a bunch of different names. It's now called the Competent Wingman Program. Um, it's free. People can sign up for it because when I did that, um, we started seeing uh, and I started getting feedback from um, Jerry, like a guy that runs he's a manager of an air conditioning company in Wisconsin. He's like, these 
these concepts um, are directly applicable to business, entrepreneurship, um, and all of these other, you know, uh, facets of life. So the competent wingman, which is easily accessible through the insider circle, um, from single seat mindset is, is kind of one of our ways to give back. Um, it's a fighter pilot's perspective on life. And it's, it's some of the aviation related type lessons have been twist, um, tweaked in a way to, to apply to daily life. If you want to live a peak performing life. All right. And so what that grew into was these books, right. That I alluded to single seat wisdom, um, which are, graduated fighter pilots, a lot of them instructor pilots, um, I said, Hey, when you, you know, when you retire, your story might die. So let's publish that. And it, and it, it did not exist at the time it does now, but single seat wisdom is a compilation book. And each book has 20 stories from, um, individual fighter pilots, 20 different fighter pilots that, and we really focus on short, punchy, anecdotal, impactful, inspiring messages. So in 10 minutes or less, you can read a chapter. And at the end, there's that fighter pilot's wisdom, right? You will start to see some similarities as you read enough of these chapters. Um, but those lessons have really, you know, I talked about earlier defining success, but then giving significance, right? So I looked at my real estate and was like, man, my kids, when I die, they could fight over this and get rid of it in one generation. But I guarantee they're not going to be able to travel around the world and pull these books off of people's shelves. So that gave me a story that is lasting, right? Books are lasting. They're kind of timeless in a sense. Um, and it gave us a lot of significance and purpose. Um, you know, and that's kind of something that I think the last little thing I'll say before you um, chime in here is that that purpose is driven um, by asking yourself, what value is it? So living a meaningful or purposeful life, you have to go, what value does this bring to other people? And I think that's what um, has really, you know, grabbed onto us and, and given us a lot of gas behind this. Now we've been doing it for about two and a half years. We've been grinding it out and we just started to get some <laughs> accelerated acceleration um, with the project. It's been pretty cool to see. Nice. What would you say is like a specific, uh, translation of something that a fighter pilot does in the cockpit that does transfer over. And we talked about one of them already, kind of that, that pause and evaluate what's going on in the moment. Uh, but something yep. like, you know, if somebody's watching, I don't know, Top Gun Maverick, and they're like, sure. that's the thing. I don't know if there's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the, the big thing for me that I was not good at for so many years was um, uh, failure. Specifically, I was prideful, right? Because before the military, I was more or less kind of number one in college and, and, you know, college wasn't easy, but I worked really hard at it. I was a civilian flight instructor, you know, I was a, uh, a downhill ski instructor. Like I, um, yeah, I played baseball through junior college. So I was into athletics into peak performance and I, and the civilian world, the, the large, you know, population, it was easy to kind of clamor my way up to the top. The military is not, I've never been, I've never been there now. Granted, yes, in certain training programs I did. Okay. But in regards to the grand scheme of things, there are always people better than me. Always. I've never been able to get to that level. So it just keeps me going. And I think the, the pride in me in the, in the past really hindered a lot of my forward progress because some people would want to give me feedback through the debrief process and my pride would shield myself from being able to absorb those concepts. So I would fail and I would fail again and I would fail again. Right. So for that, I think every person might give you a different answer. But for me, when I'm, when I'm writing, you know, the competent wingman program, when I'm writing maybe a new book or, or 
you know, a post of the blog, it's look at how I failed, right? You can avoid this failure by doing these things, but if you do fail and make the same mistake, here's how you dig yourself out because failure is that word. It's, it's an F word, right? And people don't like it. However, when you're taking action, you will fail in, if you start a new business, it's a disaster for the first year. It's a mild disaster for the first three years. <laughs> so be ex- if roll out of bed in the morning and just go at some point today, there's going to be some failures. There's gonna be some problems. There's going to be some fires, but I'm going to, as you said earlier, I'm going to just fire, right? Let's, let's get these tubes pointed a different direction. We need a suppressing fire over here. And then that allows me to move into the day and go, Hey, I'm going to attack that failure versus shrink up from it and pull away from it. Yeah. And it sounds like also a big part of that, being able to look at your failure or a misstep uh, or a mistake is having the humility to recognize that that happened and own it. Uh, so it's like having the humility to, to say, yeah, that that was me having the strength to own it and then having even more strength and courage to be coachable. Uh, and so I don't want you listening in here to, to miss out on those three nuggets that Dom slice Tyke just said, uh, it's slice, not the slice. Just slice. Like, yep. like golf. Okay. Sorry. Random. Well, Squirrel. I love golf, but I didn't get <laughs> I didn't get slice from golf. I got it because I almost sliced my instructor pilot in half oh, of my airplane. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. As a young dude, little, so. little thing. But yeah, a little thing. That was a big failure. <laughs> that was a big coaching moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was my fault. And, you know, nice of your Air Force buddies to give you a name that would remind you of that lesson forever <laughs> <laughs> and you never did it again. Uh, yeah. And I love that. Uh, so single seat mindset, the books volume one and two is really capturing that wisdom from these different pilots, uh, how their work experience, their piloting experience can help us in our daily lives. Uh, now, if somebody wants to go and find that uh, and, and get a copy of the both volumes, uh, where can they go to get that? Yeah. So singleseatmindset.com. That's the parent company. The books are called Single Seat Wisdom. Um, you know, all the books, programs, everything, our insider circle is on singleseatmindset.com. So that's kind of our launch pad. Uh, and you can, you can get weird if you want and check out social media and get social and, you know, and find us and find all the uh, programs and projects that we have going on there. And like I said, we're fairly new. We've grown from me to 40 pilots, 40 fighter pilots in, you know, just over two years. So, um, be patient as we set things up. Um, but yeah, singleseatmindset.com. It's got all the goodness right there. Nice. And then any final words of wisdom before we go? Like my final thoughts would be, if you have the mindset, um, of being a, a peak performer and action taker, it's something that probably you and I have learned over the years, but try to have fun on that journey. There were, there were many times where it just wasn't fun. And I knew that I could get to the finish line, but then I got to the finish line and I look back and I'm like, man, I could have been having fun the whole time. So if you have that mindset, know that you will kind of lean towards that. I just want to grit it out and just grind through this and get it over with. But if you can find those little fun moments along the way, that's, that's hugely impactful. The, the coaching and guiding piece, which you picked out of that, that failure story, um, that takes humility to admit that you need help. And a lot of times, if you are a, I want to do it myself type of person, you're going to fail harder than if you look around and you go, Hey, what would you do in this scenario? Or, Hey, I did this. Can you give me a little feedback from that? And that's where you really start to learn because as soon as you start showing that you're, you're humble, that's where you're going to really grow too. 
And then the last piece is you can read all the help books you want in the world, but there's a common theme through all of it, and it's the word action. So yes, go to college, take you know classes, read books, listen to podcasts like this, try to make yourself better in the mindset, right? But you have to start putting that plan into action, and that's where you really start to learn, and that, that drives the failure that we talked about. So realize that'll happen. Overcome those failures and, and press on. You'll be a bigger, better version uh, of yourself. Nice. I, I love that. You know, uh, you know, taking action, failing, learning from the failure, take more action. And eventually you just hit that moment where you've hit that success. Uh, Dom, it, it was great to have you on here. Uh, I'm glad we've connected on social media, pod match here. <laughs> Looking forward to staying in touch. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Grateful for you, Jerry. Thanks for having me on your show. Now, if you're looking for some single seat wisdom, go to the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 352. There you'll find links to Dom's book, which is Single Seat Wisdom, as well as links to my own book, Beyond the Rut, Create a Life Worth Living in Your Faith, Family, and Career. And I'll also link together some related episodes of other veterans who have been on this show. Now, I'm glad you were on with me for this episode. I look forward to joining with you again on the next episode. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.